Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to Recovery Radio Podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. You can follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. Websites recoveryradiokmp3.com. To get the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me today. I don't know. Maybe you're just starting your day. Maybe your day is coming to an end. Maybe you're right in the middle of it. Maybe you're working out. Maybe you're going for a walk. curled up in a ball. Maybe you're in bed. But here we are, you and me, and I am glad for that. I have to start by saying I'm grateful I have no desire to drink today. And this is why I say that. When I was about a year sober, the desire to drink returned. And it was the worst hell of my life. And it was with me for quite a while. It was torture. I was living minute to minute for a long time. I was hysterical. I was desperate, confused, angry, crying. I've shared about it on here. I'd go to work and I would clock in and I would run to the bathroom and I would lay down on the floor and I would sob. And I would say, why am I like this? Why am I like this? I don't want to drink. Why? Why? I don't want to drink. It's the worst. Because I also wanted to. I also felt like I was going to, no matter what I thought, felt like it was predetermined. It felt like it was fate that I relapse. And I was just
frozen. Really, in terror. I mean, I was... It was awful. It was awful. That was a long time ago. But I remember it. It went on for a long time and I remember it. And it changed me. Somehow I got through that. Somehow I was led to my current understanding of what is in that big book. And since I had that understanding, since I have what is in there shown to me, free of opinions from the fellowship, free of you know, things passed down, you know, for years in meetings, free of all that, really, truly open. I have not had the desire to drink since then. It has been... Gosh, it's been 30 years, over 30 years since I've had the desire to drink. It is so shocking to me how common it is, how commonplace the logic is that to, to experience something like I'm experiencing and say, well, Alcohol is just not a problem anymore. I don't have to think about it anymore. Well, that's true and it's also very untrue. It's true that I don't have to think about it today. But if I stop growing spiritually, it will be a problem again. The time is fucking irrelevant. It's shocking to me how endlessly I hear this clear, concise description of why somebody would relapse and why they would not relapse that is laid out so clearly in the big book. Why that escapes people. Shocking. It doesn't matter that I've been sober for over 30 years. It doesn't matter. The time doesn't mean anything in and of itself. Time means a lot of stuff. Time has given me all kinds of stuff that only time could give me. There's lots of value to the time. For example, 
I have learned that AA is an all-terrain vehicle that you could get through anything. Not only get through anything, but I've learned that you can transform anything into something that you won't digest as negative. When I was new, I thought, you know, my sobriety was flimsy in my mind. I didn't trust God yet. It took me a long time. I was worried about all kinds of stuff that could happen in the future. I was worried about turning 21. I was worried about going to meetings. I was worried about, or not meetings, going to weddings. I was worried about... You know, being able to perform music, be around drugs, alcohol, be in bars, clubs, go to parties. I was worried about people I knew who were not alcoholic, who I would still want in my life to some degree. I was worried about a lot of stuff. I was worried about the idea of somebody dying. I was worried about all kinds of stuff. I didn't know. How solid, how deep, how much depth was contained in what I was doing and what was being shown to me. So it took me a long time. I didn't know. Scared of everything. You hear people talk about that and I get it. There was a lot going on or, you know, I, I, this happened or that happened or, you know, this might happen or I lost this job and then I, you know, drank and, but time has shown me that my sobriety and the stability of it has nothing, nothing, literally nothing to do with outer circumstances. They are irrelevant Circumstances could happen that will reveal where I am spiritually. Things can unfold that will illuminate the reality of my spiritual condition. In other words, let's say I break up with somebody and then I relapse. Very easy to say, well, the breakup was why I relapsed. The breakup were that to happen. would only be what revealed the state of my spiritual condition. It is my spiritual condition that will allow me to have this experience that I'm having today, where I, right now I don't have a desire to drink. So when I was first learning this, I had, then, then I had to get into the, you know, ins and outs of black and white thinking. All or nothing thinking. Well, but you have a resentment. So 
that's not true. Or what am I supposed to be a saint? Or what am I supposed to never get mad? Or never supposed to do this? Never supposed to do that? And all kinds of stuff. I'm not supposed to have any fear. Otherwise, my spiritual condition is, it was just very black and white. Then I had to work through that, which took a while. Come to see that the tools allow a person to master their resentments, not eliminate resentments permanently. They allow us to have the upper hand. They give us a tool that works, that will prevent them from being stored, thus dominating our life. Same goes with fears. We're given tools to cause us to outgrow fear. So there's a lot of stuff that I've only received as a result of the time that I've been sober, but I'm not tricked by the time. It doesn't, in and of itself, it doesn't mean anything. Am I growing? Am I remaining open-minded? Am I remaining honest with myself? Do I see what's really going on? Am I focused on the wrongdoing of, of others? Or am I looking at myself? Am I blaming people for things or am I looking at myself? And trying to change that. I mean, I'm not tricked by the time at all. I know all the way through me from experience. I have a daily reprieve that's contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. The reason why the desire to drink returned with vengeance for me. Back when I was a year sober was because I was into self. I was consumed with self. I was thinking about myself all day. The thoughts concerning myself were different. Instead of thinking, you know, whatever I was thinking before, I was thinking things like, is, am I, is this spiritual? Do I sound good? Do I look okay? Do people like me? Am I fitting in? Am I going to be... This, I mean, I was just the details of how I was thinking about myself had changed, but I was thinking about myself. I'm sponsoring somebody, you know, do I look cool now? Does it seem like, oh, it was just all self. I was, that's why. I was thinking about my character defects all day, every day. That made me so selfish. And I see that today, but at the time I didn't see it. So I don't dwell on this. I don't think about, I don't think about alcohol. I'm not fighting alcohol today. And I don't focus on this at all. I talk about it here. I talk about it from time to time, but I'm aware of the gift that is having no desire to drink. It is a gift.
grateful for it. That's why I always say I'm grateful I have no desire to drink. That's why. There's a lot of feeling attached to it when I say that. It's not something that I just say, you know, flippantly. I mean it. I have a lot of emotion attached to that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I've learned that if you're listening to this, I know all the way through me, you never, ever have to relapse again. I know that. I've learned that. I believe that. No matter what is going on, or no matter what, might happen, it doesn't matter. God is bigger. If you're listening to this, you can stay sober for the rest of your life. It is possible, no matter what you may think. I am living proof of that. Well, me and my still piping hot cup of coffee want to thank you for being here and for listening to me today. I had a big, big photo shoot to get ready for this week. It's like a, there's like a 5k thing that we're doing to raise money for this magazine called sobriety sex stars. I'm the, I'm the favorite to win it. Come in with the best time. Primarily because of my body and my face and my sense of humor. So a lot of pressure. I got to go hit the gym right now. Dumb. <laughs> if you're new to the show, I'll, I'll tell you that when I was a little kid, when I would say a joke and it wasn't funny, which happened a lot. I would say, dumb. So before I went through puberty, my street was like peppered with the sound of <laughs> dumb. Just bossing people around and then saying dumb quite a bit. So I don't know. I've kind of brought that back. I'm starting to say it again. I say it a lot. Okay. If anybody needs to hear it, I will say everything's okay. I really do hope you have an amazing. I do not know why my life was saved, but I am going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. And I hope you do the same.